All we are is dust in the wind. You ever felt like that? You ever asked that question? Am I just dust in the wind? Um, I so much appreciate the song, um, listening to the author of the song talk about that. Because when you think about it, if you haven't yet had those feelings of, gosh, what is it all about? Is it, is it meaningless, this thing called life? Um, I mean, the truth is probably all of us at one time or another for a period of time, maybe a day, maybe longer, have had some of those thoughts. And if you say, you're sitting here and say, well, I haven't, well, just wait. You, you will. You know, I'm not trying to be a prophet of doom, but we do. You know, even I, I quoted from the article a few months ago, Mother Teresa, I mean, who I can consider one of the godliest people ever to walk the earth, uh, ministering to the poorest of poor in Calcutta. We, we learned this summer, she had in, in, her own, uh, in her own journal some letters and so forth of doubt and wondering, didn't use the phrase, am I just dust in the wind, but there was some of that, uh, that tone that was going on there. The thing that amazes me as I was listening to the uh, interview there with Carrie Livgren was that there is a guy in the Old Testament that says almost exactly the same thing, and he was a rock star of major proportions, much even, even more than Kansas would have been in their heyday. He was a king. His name was Solomon. He was a son of a king, which means he probably had a little entitlement, kind of a, you know, raised with a silver spoon, we would say, raised with a silver spoon in his mouth or, or more. And, and yet he had some of the same things to say. And my remarks today are going to be, are going to be more brief than normal because I just, want to, I, just want to, I just want you to read some of these verses with me from the Bible. And just, I'll make a few comments about that and, uh, and a couple of other things. But it just, it just, I think it, just, it says everything. Here's what I want you to see first. Frustration with life. Frustration with life, feeling, feeling like you are, to, to, to use that phrase, dust in the wind. It's not a new state of mind that, ca- that comes to rock stars in the 70s or the 80s or 07 or whatever. It goes way back. It's in the Old Testament. This king, Solomon, let me show you. Let me just show you these verses. We won't go through all of it, but in this book in the Old Testament, uh, a book of, called Ecclesiastes, King Solomon writes, he's, he's really, he is in a hole. I mean, he's like, man, nothing works for me. Watch, just watch this. We're going to just pick it up in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 3. What do people get for all their hard work? Generations come and they go, but nothing really changes. The sun rises and sets and hurries around to rise again. The wind blows south and north, here and there, twisting back and forth, getting nowhere the rivers run into the sea the seas the sea is never full and the water returns again to the rivers and flows again to the sea everything is so weary and tiresome no matter how much we see we're never satisfied no matter how much we hear we're not content i mean you're catching a little bit of his tone here it's like you know i mean we see this and we hear this and and no matter what it's just not enough it just doesn't do it for me now watch it gets even better Next chapter, verse 1, I said to myself, come now, let's give pleasure a try. Let's look for the good things in life. But I found that this too was 
meaningless. Watch what happens here. I also tried to find meaning by building huge homes for myself, by planting beautiful vineyards. I made gardens and parks, filling them with all kinds of fruit trees. I built reservoirs to collect the water to irrigate my flourishing groves. <laughs> you know, first thing, when I read that again uh, this week for, I, I don't know, umpteenth, umpteenth time, I've read it many times. You know, and I've lived here too long. You know what my first thought was? build all these houses and gardens. He didn't even have to get a variance. <laughs> Lived here too long, haven't I? Um, <laughs> didn't even have to get a, He did what he wanted to do. Watch. does more. I bought slaves, both men and women, and others were born into my household. I also owned great herds and flocks more than any of the kings who lived in Jerusalem before me, which included King David. I collected great sums of silver and gold, the treasure of many kings and provinces. Watch this. I even had singers. I had wonderful singers. I hired wonderful singers, both men and women. Had many concubines. Heard one time on a radio, I was in the South. I was driving somewhere. I heard some country preacher. You know, you hear these things in some of these small radio stations uh, saying, uh, he had many cucumber vines. (laughs) Concubines. Actually, the word... The word, if um, I think you probably know what it means, concubines, some Bibles translate that, uh, one Bible uh, translated that as, as voluptuous women. Another Bible translated that as a harem. You catching my drift here? Yeah. Do I need to go any further, you think? Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, it's funny. You know, the, the, most of the women are like, no, that's enough. That's enough. And the guys are going, yeah, yeah, can you give us some more details here? No, we're good. We're good. Um, Watch this. I had everything a man could desire. Right there it is. I had everything a man could desire. Anything I wanted, I took. I did not not restrain, and he had this ability. I did not restrain myself from any joy. I even found great pleasure in hard work. He worked hard. Lived in the Northeast, right? I even found great pleasure in hard work, an additional reward for all my labors. But as I looked at everything... I worked so hard to accomplish. It was all so meaningless. It was like chasing the wind. There was nothing really worthwhile anywhere. Boy, he's in a hole. Isn't that amazing? The feeling of frustration in life, the feeling of chasing the wind is not new. One of the richest men, we are told, in ancient history one of the richest men in ancient history found that same emptiness in his life. Tried everything. I mean, he had it all. And he said, it's like chasing the wind. There was nothing really worthwhile. By the way, the end of that book, Ecclesiastes, 12 chapters later, in the Old Testament, here's what Solomon says. Here's my final conclusion. Fear God, or have reverential fear is what it means. For God, obey his commands, for this is the duty of every person. God will judge us for everything we do, including every secret thing, whether good or bad. He said, at the end of the day, it's having reverence for God. Even he came to that conclusion, even in this bottom of the pit, so to speak, that he was in. Now, here's here's, I want to just make another point about this. Feeling frustration, feeling like I'm chasing the wind, it's not a new feeling. Been going on for a long time. But let me just take you to another step. And we're just going to go a little deeper with this thought. I'm going to give you two quotes today 
from C.S. Lewis. And um, I don't normally do that, but I mean, if you don't know who C.S. Lewis is, go home and Google him and read anything you can find by him because he's just one of the greatest authors ever and uh, very much a a follower of Christ and uh, just a great literary figure. So I'm going to use two, two, two quotes from him. And, and this one has, here's what I want to do with this first thing, as we go a little deeper with this. And that is, if we can think about the meaninglessness of life, and if that's, if that's true. Now stay with me. If life was meaningless, empty, and vain, we wouldn't have the ability to think of that as a possibility. You say, hmm? Let me, let, me show you how, let me show you how Lewis said it. If the whole universe has no meaning, we should never have found out that it has no meaning. Just as if there were no light in the universe and therefore no creatures without eyes, we should never know it was dark. Dark would be without meaning. I had that the other night. You noticed, I don't know if you noticed or not. I'm sure you did when you walked up the steps. We don't have any lights in the, in the hallway. That's just a temporary thing, hopefully... We'll have that fixed by next week. It has to do with the second floor. But I came in the other night, dark, right? Started going up those steps, and I'm like, whoa, baby. I mean, you can't see anything. You know, and I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm kind of a, I'm not a scary kind of guy, and I'm looking for goblins around the corner and wondering, okay, who's in here, you know? That's downtown Summit. Who could be in here? But anyway, um, but it, it hit me. Why? Because I'm used to that always being lit up. Now, if I'd lived here 100 years ago, and then when this building was here 100 years ago, and it was, uh, probably wouldn't have thought much about it because they weren't used, to, was it 100 years ago? Well, before, I mean, Edison came here, but I think it was after, electri- after the light bulb and so forth. But, um, you know, if, I'd, if we'd been here before there, were light, before there were lights in the buildings, I wouldn't have thought anything about it. That's the same thing he's saying here. If there were no light in the universe and therefore no creatures with eyes, we should never know it was dark. Dark would be without I mean, Same thing about meaning. and That's the thought I want you to think about just for a moment. If the whole universe has no meaning, we should never have found out that it has no meaning. Pretty heavy thought. Well, obviously the universe does have meaning. There is purpose to life. And that is why I'm going to show you this next verse, or verses, several verses, that come from the New Testament. These are pretty significant verses to me, personally. And I'm not going to get mystical on you or anything, but these were verses that hit me as a very, very young man. And I was raised in a church, some little conservative church in the Midwest, where they basically equated anything fun to sin. Um... I mean, really, I mean, I, I'm not exaggerating. And anything I want, you know, I don't mean just, you know, the things that you would normally, I mean, anything fun, you know, music, dancing. No, you can't, that's, no, you can't do that. And I'm like, well, why? Well, because. So anyway, I, I've, I found this, I like 12 years old. I remember finding this verse and I, and I thought, man, this is really cool. Later on, as I, as I grew up, if I have yet, um, this verse is one of the verses, this is the, I don't want to get too mystical on you, this is one of the verses that, that in my life that God kind of used in, in, in a sense of when I would read it, it would sort of, I'd be like, wow. And it's one of the things that really defines me as an individual. It's one of the verses that define, that define what I, since I've been a pastor, that define me as a pastor because I, I, this is such an important verse. And uh, it, I think you'll probably understand what I mean when we, get, when, we, when we do this because here's the thing. Jesus came 
Now hang with me with this thought, because we're going to talk more about it. Jesus came in order for us to have purpose and have, have meaning because with a rela- through a relationship with God. That's why Jesus came, and he tells us that. Well, let me show you what he says. This is a John, Gospel of John, chapter 10, verse 8. This is Jesus talking. All others who came before me were thieves and robbers. He's speaking of the religious people of the, of the day, of the time, the scribes, the Pharisees, so forth. But the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. Wherever they go, they will find green pastures. Watch this. Watch this. Here it is. John 10, 10. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. Watch out. My purpose is to give life in all its fullness. And one Bible says, and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Jesus says, that's why I came. So that you could have some meaning, some purpose, some abundance in your life. Here on earth as well as eternal life. That's why Jesus came. Now, we have a problem, don't we? Because some of you are, are, are thinking, some of you, are, I, can, I can hear it right now. Some of you are thinking, okay, I'm there. I believe in Jesus. I've trusted Christ. I believe, I believe in who he is and, and that he came and, and died and, and rose again from the dead. For me, I believe that. And I, I still have some of these feelings like Mother Teresa talked about in her journals of, of, of meaninglessness, of, to, to, to borrow the phrase, dust in the wind. I'm just dusting. It, it hasn't always, just because I've trusted Christ, hasn't always meant that I'm like, Oh, I'm totally fulfilled and totally have purpose, man. I'm so cool. Doesn't mean that all the time. What's wrong with me? There's two, there's two answers to that question or that objection. One answer would be, maybe, maybe you got a foot in both places. Maybe you're still kind of like Solomon, still, and, and you know, at least, at least in your mind, you have, you have said, yeah, you know, I know I'm not going to find fulfillment and purpose in stuff and in things and in money and in more stuff and, or, or whatever, you know, whatever it is for you, whatever it is for you. For some of you, it, it, it might be just uh, uh, any, any, any house. For some of you, it's a second home. For some of you, one guy, one time we're flying in his citation. For him, it was like the next level, which I think was a G. Two or three or what, what's next? Is that what it is? Uh, Lear, whatever. For him, that's what it was. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you are in that whole, that whole thing, that whole chase. It doesn't matter. Your reality is your reality. And you still maybe have a foot in that thing, saying, you know, that's what I'm, I, I need this. I jokingly, I jokingly have been saying, if I, when I get an iPhone, my life will be full and I will never want anything again. My life will be happy and I'll be, so, I'll be so wonderful. But nobody buys that, you know. Nobody's, especially my wife, she's not buying that one. Um, but some people, unfortunately, actually think not necessarily about an iPhone, but about other stuff. Some people think that, well, I want, you know, and, and, and deep down. And it, so my first, my first thing to that would be, get your foot out of that and recognize that's not going to work. Solomon gives us all we need to know about that. The next level, the next thing, the next, the next tier of, of, uh, of income. It's not going to do that. Security, financial security, any other kind. It's not going to do that. Just recognize that. Okay, that's one possibility. The other possibility is this. Sometimes, even though we understand who Christ is and should be in our lives, sometimes we still... live in a broken world. 
We still live in a broken world with broken people who do broken things. C.S. Lewis had another quote. This is a little longer, but I want you to see this because this is, this is just really, really good, okay? Creatures are not born with desires unless satisfaction for those desires exists. A baby feels hunger. Well, there's such a thing as food. A duckling wants to swim. Well, then, there's such a thing as water. If I find, watch this, watch this, right here. If I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. If none of my earthly pleasures satisfy it, that does not prove that the universe is a fraud. Probably earthly pleasures were never meant to satisfy it, but only to arouse it, to suggest the real thing. If that is so, I must take care, on the one hand, never to despise or be unthankful for those earthly blessings, and on the other, never to mistake them for something else of which they are only a kind of copy or echo or mirage. Watch this. Our whole being, by its very nature, is one vast need, incomplete, preparatory, empty, yet cluttered, crying out for him who can untie things that are now knotted together and tie up things that are still dangling loose. All I want to say to you is this. We're spiritual beings. I had that quote, if you saw it this week, and this week at Renaissance. We're spiritual beings. That's how God created us. And, and as, as Lewis says, if I find, if I find myself... If I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. You were. That's why Jesus came. And you know, we don't talk much about this. But there is another world. And this isn't all there is to life. This isn't all there is. We don't talk, we don't talk that much about heaven. But there is a place called heaven. And that's, that's, that's one of the things that God has, one of the reasons that Jesus came was to give us eternal life. But as, as John 10 says, that's not the only reason, but also to give us abundant life. So from the phrase, are we all dust in the wind? No, we're not all dust in the wind. Is life meaningless? No, it's not. Sometimes it may feel like it, but it's not. And I close with the words of Lewis that you see in before, before you. Our whole being, by its very nature, is one vast need, incomplete, preparatory, empty, yet cluttered, crying out for him who can untie things that are now knotted together and tie up things that are still dangling loose. May God bless us all as we seek to have that happen in our lives. Let's pray and ask ask Christ to work in all of our hearts and lives. Lord God in heaven, And right here with us. We are grateful that as we think about purpose and meaning in life, you didn't leave us alone to sit here and try to figure it out. But that you sent us Jesus, not only to to die in our place for our own credible sins that we all are do and have done 
but that you also give us the ability to have a relationship with our creator, with our God, who created us with this need that can only be fulfilled by you and in a relationship with you. I pray, God, that we would stop and we would think, we would reflect, we would meditate on these issues. We would thank, we would thank, uh, we would thank you in the meantime for your love, for the fact that Jesus came, lived, suffered, died, buried, rose again for me, for each individual here. We thank you for that, and we thank you in the name of our Savior, Jesus. Amen.